1: Everybody to wrestling Omakase. It is episode number seventy nine. Um, we're coming to you with a very special post Wrestle Kingdom thirteen live show. Um, we're letting people listen in live. You know, seeing just testing that out basically, and seeing if uh, you know if anyone's interested in that. Um, but yeah, so basically, I'm here with two guests right after Wrestle Kingdom thirteen. It's um, if you're listening later, it's Friday morning, Eastern Time, on January 4th. Um, oh, we do have a bunch of people watching already. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you if you're watching it live, and if you're listening back later on as well, because we'll obviously we'll release this as a regular episode of the podcast, too. Um, that You know, just basically, we'll be talking about the of Kingdom, probably a little bit on the shorter side, because... We're all very tired. Uh, very tired. Very tired. So let me introduce my guests. Uh, Jack, you've been here before, so uh, welcome back to the show, Jack. How are you Hello. doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing good. As I said, very tired. Uh, you know, Kenny lost, but you know, you still gotta deliver that the wrestling enthusiasm. So yay, wrestling!
1: yeah and you're the you're the voice of Kenny positivity on the episode i don't
2: even like i don't even like <laughs> i don't know it's very conflicting is all I have to say
1: um but yes obviously the voice of Kenny positivity is not me but no. um but yes So thank you they keep coming on again and really? rob you're from the Brit Red roundtable this is your first ever appearance on the show i believe
3: it is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah, so
1: welcome to the show. You get a 2019 Omikaze Award Ballot. Unfortunately, not 2018. But didn't quite get under the wire there. But, uh... I'll, <laughs> I'll
3: live. I'll live. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, how have you been doing? Uh, well, I did fall asleep during the main event, so not not perfectly. <laughs> but, uh... I saw uh, right up to the... Uh, well I remember seeing right up to the, the Tanner hi fi flow through the table and then after that, um the next thing I remember is uh goace hitting. So gonna have to go back and rewatch that one.
1: Uh but yeah, I mean obviously I guess you might not have a ton of thoughts on the main event then if you fall asleep during it. Um I figure for this, especially since we're all probably like Ooh, somebody got a lot of background noise going on there. Especially since we got probably more, um, you know, more energy at the beginning here, and we might peter out even further. We can start with the main events and work our way backwards. I mean, the undercard of the show really was not <laughs> very interesting, honestly, with a few exceptions. Um, but, yeah, overall thoughts, I guess, I would consider this a, I guess, slightly below average Wrestle Kingdom Um you know the last three matches really saved it after a very uninteresting undercard um you know a couple things that i thought really underachieved you know the a couple things that i thought just achieved basically you know at the at the level i was expecting going in but nothing that really blew me away um and then the main events about what i expected except maybe nito jericho was a little better than i expected so overall I would call it like a decent show. Not one that blew me away, not one that I hated watching or anything, just kind of, you know, based on especially based on the standards of Wrestle Kingdom, it was just a, a an average Wrestle Kingdom, I would say. What do you think, Rob, overall thoughts?
3: I think I think that's a, an interesting point because Wrestle Kingdom does have such a high bar to begin with. Like looking back at my ratings here and obviously I'm going to have to go back and watch the main event, but I'm assuming I'm going to end up over four stars and that i've got at least four matches over the four star mark and on any other show of the year that's that's usually me coming out going yeah that was a great show but by wrestle kingdom standards that's kind of that just about saving it from being a, a big disappointment you know the the strong ending meant that you know you're not coming away from this going this was an, a poor wrestle kingdom but you're not Blown away, either, and that, but that's just kind of the 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 bar New Japan have set themselves with these January four shows.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. What do you think, yeah, Jeff?
2: I agree with Rob. Um, I look back at my Wrestle Kingdom twelve ratings, and surprisingly enough, I had higher rated matches on this show than the last one. But it feels like I enjoyed last year's show more than this one. Like this was like a great show. Don't get me wrong, but. It really was like a transitional show. And I felt like it's setting up a new era. And that's great and all. And I think it's something New Japan desperately needs. But even though I really loved most of the matches on the show, especially the last three, I still come away with, I guess, I I mean, I like the show, but my feelings are not as high as they were in years past.
1: If anyone in the chat, like, agrees or disagrees, I'd love to hear that too, because we have a bunch of people on here live. If you really if you really loved the show, I would love to hear it. Like if you just think we it was one of the best Wrestle kingdoms ever. That'd be cool just to see different perspectives or if you just hated the show. Um, but yeah, I totally, I basically think we're all kind of in consensus. Um, but I also agree with what you said too, that it's kind of a reset button in a lot of ways. Like I like, I like the booking and the results more than I like the actual like matches because you know, it just feels like we're in a different reset here. Uh, based on you know obviously like someone just brought up in the chat the aw and Kushida rumors and stuff um you know it just feels like we're in a different era now and there's going to be different you know the, the entire every title changed hands first of all um you know and i am re- I, I personally the the new slate of champions i'm much more into than the previous slate of champions which probably isn't surprising if you know what my fandoms <laughs> are um but yeah i just think it's a very like i'm excited for what new japan's coming out of here with like i there's a lot of fresh matches uh i think they're gonna be used maybe be using a lot of new talent but uh, and you know i think they I, I think i was listening to the adam and mike uh the big audio nightmare on the um figure four weekly the other week where they were basically adam was very adamant like even if he doesn't personally dislike the elite and I think I probably dislike the Elite more than some people listening to this. He really wanted to see them just move on because he just felt like it was time to, you know, they kind of have done, done everything they can. I mean, the the Young Bucks, even if you love the Young Bucks, like what is left for the Young Bucks to do in New Japan, you know? I
2: mean, yeah, I just... agree. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks and I voted them. I think I voted them as either my first or second tag team of the year in my Omakase Awards ballot. But yeah, I think it's definitely time for them to move on. Hit Cody, like too. Cody, I mean, I know we'll get to that later.
1: Yeah, there's just nothing left for Cody to do. He's not going to be out of WWE ever a champion. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: I, I still want Kenny to stay, but he's not really part. Yeah. He's not part of the Cody Young Bucks, like, for sure all elite group. And then I hope Hangman stays, but I don't know. It depends really on if ROH can prevent New Japan from working with all elite. And we're going to learn more about that in the coming weeks for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I guess we're we I mean, it, it didn't feel like that this was it for them, but you yeah. never really know it all until you hear anything about it. And if anyone's going to stick around, maybe Kenny. But it, yeah, it didn't feel like Cody and the Bucks and uh, you know Paige and all these dudes are really uh yeah. it seems like they're long term. Especially since you know?
2: the Bucks like took the pin in the tag title match, which yeah. definitely makes me think that they're uh, headed on their way out.
1: What do you what do you think about all this, Rob? What do you think about the, the big picture
3: booking stuff coming out of the show? I think at minimum, they've kind of covered themselves for if th- it does work out in the way that all the All Elite guys, they're out of here, then they all took pins here. They're all put over the guys who were, you know, kind of, if not replacing them, going to be, who are still going to be there. Um, and it could work out that, you know, talks are happening as we speak I imagine or have been happening over the last few days and will continue to happen uh over the next few um it could end up those guys are still around but they've kind of covered themselves for in case they they do you know move away they decide to stick with a ring of honor relationship for whatever reason um or just don't want to team up with, with any you know the the Dallas G1 show suggests that they're going to be going even harder in the U.S. expansion. And as a result of that, it does mean All Elite's going to be even more com- competition directly. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I totally I, I totally think that's a great point. I think, I, like, if All Elite might want a relationship with New Japan, but does New Japan want to have two American partners? Like, they, they want to do their own stuff in America. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's yeah. a great point.
2: I think... Uh... Harley Duncan in the chat, and I, I think someone made the point in our Slack chat too, is that if Kenny was leaving, they might have burned like kicking out of his finisher. So yeah, I think that's that true. that's a good enough point for why Omega might stay. But I don't think it's like a definite. He's definitely staying. Like he's absolutely going to be at the negotiation table the next month and try to get the highest price he can from all parties. And I. I definitely don't think it's a hundred percent sure that he stays with the company like it was last year for me.
1: Yeah. And if anyone if, if anyone's gonna be able to get the the dual like New Japan all Elite deal, even if the two companies don't work together necessarily, maybe it will be Kenny. But yeah. I don't know. I just I it, the whole thing with the rest of them just felt like it was like, okay, see you later <laughs> on the way up oh, the yeah, territory. For sure. I mean, Kushida too, obviously. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into the matches. Uh, like I said, we're we'll working our way down the card here since we might all be lacking energy by the end. So we'll start the main event, the IWGP heavyweight title, Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ended up going 39 minutes and 13 seconds, which um, I would have guessed based on how much time was up in the show and also you know, just how they were pacing early on. I would have guessed like 50-plus minutes. So it didn't go quite that long, but it did, you know, it was obviously a very long match, by far the longest thing on the show. Um, I mean, I, everything else on the show was actually really short, which is interesting. Apparently, I, hear, I was hearing that, like, um, the New Japan fans were complaining, <laughs> like, on the way out the door about, like, the show feeling rushed. So it's just not, you know, that I that was a uh, George W. Bushi. On Twitter, I think, tweeted that out. He was in the building. And, you know, I'm sure they are used to longer matches, so it doesn't really surprise me. But yeah, this obviously got a lot of time. Um, I would say basically from the time when Tanahashi went through the table on the outside, that's when it really picked up. Like, the first 20 minutes or so, really um, I was not that into. Everything after that, everything after the table spot, um, I thought was pretty damn good. Um, had, the usual complaints were Kenny for me. I thought his selling was very, very suspect. Um, when he took the, the sling blade on the apron, that was probably the worst spot of all when he just was like selling this by like coughing, but like, not in a, like, I don't know how to describe it. Just like not in a realistic or, uh, remotely plausible way. Just like sitting up and like acting like a man who was like choking to death. It just didn't work at all. Um, so that's the kind of thing that would drag it down for me. Um, but, you know, and then the leg selling would like, you know, he grab his leg and do his Kenny grimaces and then hit lots of perfect V triggers. So those would be my complaints. But obviously the athletic stuff and, you know, keeping up with the pace of the match, he was very good. Tanahashi was amazing in this match. I thought, I just thought he was freaking incredible. Um, and I would go four and a quarter overall. So very good match. My usual Kenny complaints drag it down, but I still enjoyed it by the end. Uh, what did you think, Jack?
2: Well, um, I didn't go five stars. I went four and three quarter i really I really like the story they told in this match. Like you thought I know you thought the beginning was you know slow and a little boring, and I get that. I felt like it established like the story they were trying to tell i think I think every move felt to me like it had purpose, and then, thanks to the English commentary, I sort of understood the story they were going for a little more. And then near the end, like, the action absolutely got insane, and they had a closing New Japan stretch, and I'm a big fan of those, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, more later. But uh, like you said, the selling, you know, I defended him on Twitter a little bit with you during the main event, but, I mean, I understand the complaints about his selling. He's not the best seller in the company. I don't think he's the worst. He definitely has his hang-ups. The coughing thing didn't get me as much as the V-Triggers did with the knees. And that's really only my little complaint about the match and what prevents me from going five. But other than that, I mean, obviously I'm disappointed Omega lost and all because I'm, I'm a fan of Omega. As
1: really? As,
2: really, <laughs> I know I'm a fan of Omega. It's shocking. It's almost like you being a fan of Naito. I know. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It'll probably rank high in my match of the year. I don't know. It, it, it won't win. But I don't know. I enjoyed my time with it. People like it more than me, and that's fine. I don't really have yeah. much to, that, to say about I it, though.
1: Saw, I saw a lot of fives, so that's fine. I, I yeah. kind of figured. I mean, I get it. It felt, like, felt like the kind of match that was going to get a lot of fives from people. I just thought that the first 20 minutes were just too boring. <laughs> first I'm, I'm just point.
2: used to it but, at this point with the New Japan uh, 8 events, I feel like, so that I don't, I don't mind them as much as I used to.
1: Um, I know you you fell asleep, uh, Rob. But do you have any thoughts on it anyway? From what you saw,
3: I I feel like I, I may end up. Obviously, like, a lot will depend because obviously the the finish and the the closing stretches. I think most would probably say the most important part of a match. Um, so not having seen that, obviously a lot's left in the air. But I I feel I'm probably somewhere in the middle between the two of you. Um, it wasn't like from what i saw of it um oh, wait and, a wait. second if you're in the middle of two of us you have to be a four and a half
1: exactly <laughs> if there
3: we go. <laughs> um from from what i saw of it like i wasn't thinking it was like i i will highly doubt that this will end up as like something in my top 10 by by year end unless the the finishing stretch was absolutely magnificent um because I do kind of agree with John. Like it, it it did take a while to get going and while it was I never felt it was purposeless, which is a, a complaint I, I can have with a lot of Omega's longer matches. Um it it also wasn't incredibly engaging towards the beginning. Um and when you're having a match that long <laughs> like I don't fall asleep during matches that are incredibly gripping, you know? Um tiredness or not so uh, there were there were a few absolutely amazing spots like when omega got his knees up just the timing on that was incredibly impressive like um you you do you see that spot all the time knees up off a high fly flow, but just the way he left that to the very very last second was incredible uh tanahashi's high fly flow off the top through the table was an incredible spot um there, there are things from this match that I will remember, you know, five, ten years from now. Um, but in the moment, it it didn't grab me as like the the absolutely amazing special match that you do often get recently with these Wrestle Kingdom, uh, if not always the main event. You, I think that's probably for me the big difference between this Wrestle Kingdom and previous Wrestle Kingdoms is while it's probably had a similar amount of great matches. There's no, for me anyway, one match where I'm like, yeah, that's clear fire match of the year contender. will take a hell of a beating to, to displace my number one for the whole rest of the year. I didn't really think we got that this year.
1: We came close with one, I think, but yeah, I don't, it's going to be, it's tough when it wasn't five, that there probably will be something that beats it. Um, but yeah, the main event, I mean, to me, it was very similar to Okada Naito last year, which, you know, the booking the booking issues with the booking aside, I thought that, again, took a long time to get going. And by the time it got going, you know, it wasn't always like, um, you know, the ending felt very abrupt and all that kind of stuff. But Okada Naito last year, I would have put like slightly above, I put that four and a half. So.
2: Yeah, I agree with was, you, actually, on that one. It's like a little, when...
1: little bit worse, but not by.
2: When it was going on, I certainly felt like it felt a lot like. I mean, it was a stereotypical New Japan main event where it slow builds and then goes to a rampant finishing stretch. And yeah, so yeah, I could certainly see why you would compare it to Okada and Naito. And we don't need to get into the booking decisions of that match.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. It's beyond the scope of this podcast. Um, But yeah, so that was the main event. The semi main Naito and Jericho, I absolutely loved. that was my blowaway match of the show. This I went end up going four and three quarters on it, so just below that kind of like surefire match of the year level. Uh, you know, if it's five, then you know it's pretty much guaranteed to be like a top three or four finish. Because I don't really, I rarely have more than that many five-star matches in the year. But four and three quarters, it still has a decent chance to make the top ten at the end of the year. So, I guess that's my that's my big match of the year, tight match from the show. Yeah, I just thought this was incredible. I mean, I I had high expectations going in, um, you know, because I really loved the Dominion match. I believe I went four and a half on it. But if anything, they exceeded my expectations, and they, like, you know, it was a very different match than I thought it would be going in. I just, I thought they were going to go more in the route of Omega-Jericho from last year, where, you know, it being no DQ meant they just went totally, like, WWE style hardcore match or WWE style like brawl with it where like they're just using plunder nonstop and you know really killing each other. Here, I mean, they obviously the weapons played into it with a few key spots, especially the the kendo stick stuff, what they end up really paying off at the end. But for the most part, it was just like a regular match that happened to have a few weapon spots and you know had a brawl feel to it. But it was uh otherwise it was very. You know, it was a lot more in the confines of a more traditional New Japan match than I expected. And Jericho, it nice I mean, obviously, for sure. What'd you say?
3: Sorry? It had a nice balance, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a it was not too far. Because like Omega Omega Jericho last year, I know people are gonna I love that stuff. That was like too far in the like the WWE Brawl, you know, area for me. This was like right in like a good happy zone. And Jericho, you know, I'm I'm going to – obviously everybody knows I'm going to talk a lot about Knighton and how great he was. But Jericho was great too. I mean he more than held up his end, you know, despite looking very flappy. But, you know, he was he was great here, great in his role. Um, you know, people were asking after the show if it was like his best – I saw the voice of Wrestling account was asking if it was his best match ever. It might have been. I mean I was trying hard to think of something better. I mean it's very, very difficult. But yeah, maybe not his best individual performance, but like as far as like the best match, best match he's ever in, I think it'd probably be up there. Um, but yeah, Nitro was obviously incredible here. I mean, just his selling and his the bumping. He takes that he takes that drop kick, that springboard drop kick on the apron, and just like lands on the back of his neck, and then he takes that DDT on that table and like just comes straight down and like leaves like an indent in the table according to uh kevin kelly on the english commentary i mean just incra- like naito quite literally was just like dying to to get that match over and the crowd was going nuts so he basically succeeded um but yeah i mean i could you know rave about this match forever i just thought you know jericho the whole story of the feud was jericho and the weapons and you know getting one over on naito with the chair and the kendo stick and stuff so and he, again he beat the shit out of naito with the kendo stick early but then Naito getting the kendo stick to break the walls and, you know, getting, like, some man of revenge on Jericho with the D.E.T. on the chairs and stuff. That was really cool. And he just like, started tossing chairs around like he was Brock Lesnar or something. That was fucking awesome. Um, and then at the very end, he pays him back for the belt shot, you know, at, at Dominion, tosses that dumbbell aside that he still hasn't really uh, – although I've heard he was a little nicer to it in the in the post-match. But I just love that he just tosses it down like a piece of crap. And then hits him with a destino. Um, so yeah, four three-quarters. I thought those were fucking awesome. I thought Naito Naito saved the show, really. But and Jericho helped a lot too, obviously. Uh what do you think of this one, Robin?
3: Um, I I'm not quite as high on it as you, but um, yeah, this was probably match the night of, of the matches I, I saw all of, definitely. Um the as you said, like that, they did strike a really nice balance, um, and I think I'm not sure. And I I love Naito, and he's yeah, Naito is my favourite wrestler. Um, but I'm not sure if they had gone the full plunder route that Naito would have been as well suited to do that as Omega was the previous year. So striking that balance really played to uh, Naito's strengths. They kind of lean more on the dramaticism. Um, rather than just the, the pure hardcore, like, insanity that was the Omega Jericho match. Um, and I enjoyed both of them um, a lot, probably to similar levels, actually, but uh, they're, they're very different matches despite, kind of, on paper, it looking like they might be quite similar leading into them. Um, one, I'm not sure if it's even a complaint, um, but the the one thing that probably stopped it being like a, a real match of the year contender level match for me um, w- was kind of the, the closing stretch being instead of like, it was more definitive than exciting in a way. And I don't think that's really much of a criticism for it because I think that's what it needed to be. It needed to be Naito, you know, Naito is, touch wood, uh, going to be the champion of the company about a year from now. Uh, And he is, you know, hopefully for the next few years, going to be one of the main stars. And Jericho is uh, what a guy in his fifties or late forties or whatever, uh, who's coming in with his dad bod. Uh, You should, you don't really want Naito to be put like on a par. You want him to definitively put Jericho away. And that's what they did. Um, but I didn't find, like, the finish particularly, like, it wasn't necessarily what I want from, like, my match of the year contenders, even though it was probably the right finish, if if that makes sense.
1: Sure. And we should mention, too, since you've talked about Naito, you know, showing these he's a cutter buff, he got to kick out of the low blow and then a code breaker that put him away at Dominion, which I thought was a cool little touch. Yeah, that was, um, a, that was very nice.
2: I just want to point something out quick, I know I'll, I'll get to my thoughts in a second, but this is a no DQ match. And before Jericho hit his low ball, <laughs> yeah, I he shoved the ref into the ropes.
1: What <laughs> it doing, was funny. What, what, are you, really what are you hiding? Him? He really respects Red Shoes' opinion of him and he doesn't want him
0: to be seen.
1: <laughs> it's not illegal. He just, it's not, he's not worried about being DQ'd. He just doesn't want Red Shoes to think less of him. He already uh, tried to kill his son last year, so he's Good worked point. all year long to, re- to repair that relationship. I don't know. I just That's my that's my headcanon. People are doing headcanons involving Nitro today. so
2: Yeah, I, I, it didn't bother me at all. I, I guess I'll get into my thoughts of the match. Uh, it was my it match was of the funny. night. It
1: was, just, it was just fucking funny. It, it, well, it was really hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah.
2: But anyways, yeah, it was my match of the night. I also went four and three quarters. I like good brawls that feel like they have purpose. And like Omega Tanahashi in the main event, it felt like these two dudes legitimately hated each other. You know, Jericho dropped Naito on his head about 50 times. Um, Always appreciate that. Naito really, really sold Jericho's attacks well, and I think that got the match over the hump for me. And they just did a lot of stuff in this match that just felt clever. Like, I liked how Jericho grabbed the camera and then did the middle finger thing like he did last year. That made me pop last year. It maybe pop again. I like the baseball kendo stick thing that Naito did. That was smart. And then for the rest of it, I, I just think it was cool. Like the fake dive spot at the beginning. I thought that was very clever. Sort of the show Naito's anger and like he's fed up with Jericho. Really, this match was just a lot of neat story bits that all added up along with a violent brawl to really just make a very complete excellent pro wrestling match
1: uh and we had scott wilcox in the chat just say maybe it was just heel instinct which is what maybe it's like yeah the heel was like i'm gonna hit the low blow so i'm just pushing the ref out of the way but yeah maybe that was what it was but yeah awesome match uh non-ironically like i don't know the save the show maybe be a little strong because the last match was also very good just not quite on this level But it definitely made the show feel, like, a lot more worthwhile as far as, like, staying up all night to watch it. Yeah. This is the first Uh, show on
2: it. Or before you go on, this is the first match on the show, like, even above Okada White, where I felt like it was a big match worthy of Wrestle Kingdom. And I love Okada White, as we'll get on to. But, like, this felt like a big match. And I always like big match feel.
1: So, Okada. Okada White, Jay White defeating Okada in 1518. A lot shorter than most of Okada's Wrestle Kingdom matches. Um, it was this was a really interesting one where it just first of all Okada comes out with the old Raymaker theme, the old theme song. So no more the the cut off on the remix. He comes out with the blonde hair, no more red hair. Uh, he comes out with you know the the Raymaker jacket and the pose. And he even had the short tights back, which people on Twitter went fucking nuts for. Um, so he's got the whole, you know, the whole deal back in remake Okada mode. No more broken little Kazu or whatever you want to call it. And he loses pretty clean as a whistle uh, with the with the Blade Runner, which you know that really that made it. I mean, that was it basically. That made. That, you know, they, they totally fooled you out. Like, I think I even tweeted when Okada came out. Like, oh, he has the full Rainmaker Ensemble back. He's winning. And, you know, the story just was that, like, he he thought he was going to win with this. He thought he was going to win with, uh you know, by by doing this, by going into the old Okada mode. And it just wasn't enough. He still lost. And it, it didn't come by cheating. It didn't come by J. White being a little, you know, low blow or chair shot or whatever what they, they tried to do that earlier with uh it looked like you know white got bumped in the gator and that's it he just hit his move and he won so that was a very very ballsy finish um very strong finish you know made it think maybe think that the okada story like the idea of him getting back to where he was is going to go on a lot longer and if, this is why now i'm feeling okada if okada night is going to be the match next year i think okada We'll like have to go through this still for a while and i don't think he's gonna get back the title i think he's gonna win the g1 but either way i think you know the whole okada getting back to the top thing will take a while longer which is good i think it you know as the match is going on i almost felt like okay it's it's weird that he's just back in the old rainmaker mode and now he's just gonna win after like all he really did was you know get beat up by Jay white for four months and it was a trick it was like well he is back in the old rainmaker mode but he still sucks. He's still lost. So I thought that was a good little touch and white and Jay white got to beat, you know, this old rainmaker Okada, which is really cool. But yeah, I mean, I went four flat on this. It, it didn't blow me away. Um, the crab was super into it though. Um, just by the end of it, you know, I was feeling a little bit lower, but by the, the, the last like few sequences really got me. And I really enjoyed it by the end. So this was like the first match on the show that in a broke up a streak of, you know, crap and disappointing. So uh, this maybe you could say this this saved the show. I don't know. What do you think, Jack of Okada and White?
2: I really really like this match. Like I went four and a half on it. It wasn't like the best in ring work rate match, but it just felt like the story made so much sense and when Okada came out with the old rainmaker theme and he took his pants off to a massive pop, that was my favorite moment of the show. And then just to have them fuck with us like that, to have Jay White win, like that just felt like perfect. Jay White's a made man after this show. I mean, he pinned Okada clean in the middle of the ring at wrestle kingdom. You can't get a bigger rub much more than that, but for the match itself, it just had a lot of interesting story stuff. It had an Okada closing stretch again, which those are always fun. Jay White really felt like he's finally like figured out his Switchblade character. When I first came on this podcast in July, like I was still unsure about Jay White, but now I am all in on Jay White. No pun intent. No pun. He's not going to all elite. But He's just really good at being a heel now, and I think a good heel is something that could desperately benefit New Japan. Um, Despite Kenny's efforts to be a heel, um, Jay White's much better at it, and I think that him in this current character role could easily be a top guy in New Japan for many years to come.
1: Uh, Rob, what do you think?
3: This was a match where, like, I thought it was masterfully booked, as you guys have kind of already laid out, with the kind of bait and switch of the whole, the Rainmaker's back. Of course he's going to win. Oh, no, he just loses clean to the heel who haven't been able to win clean yet. Um, the I, the, the crowd reaction there, too,
1: was incredible.
3: Right. The, they had the crowd eating out the palm of their hands. Like, it, it was an interesting crowd tonight in that I thought for, they were a lot, quieter for a, quite a lot of the matches than i expected not that they were like unfairly quiet because as we've, we're kind of going to get on to a lot of the undercard didn't entirely deliver and then it was also weird later in the the show when like kenny came out to almost no reaction um but this match they were they were all in on um again no pun intended um but i don't know it just didn't really hook me as a match like it, I can understand and freely say that they did all the right things and everything they did makes sense and was the right move and massively booked. But sometimes a match just doesn't hook you. And that's kind of where I was with, with this one. Um, you know, I didn't hate it. I could, you know, see that the work was good. Um, but I you know, when a match doesn't hook you, you can't really say it's great, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, definitely. And I want, I want, I want to double back too because you mentioned we should have
1: mentioned that during the Kenny thing. The the lack of pop for him really was really weird. I will say, even as a Kenny disliker or whatever you want to say, I it is fair to point out that like it was probably just like the crowd didn't know that how to react to this weird, like fucking video game theme song he came out. Yeah,
2: they used the video that Kenny. He seemed very upset on Twitter that. When he's like, "This will not be used on well, any new Japan." What well,
1: they didn't play it though. I mean, well, I, I they played I it, wanted They, play it. <laughs> yeah. they want, I think well, wanted they to play. Yeah, I think he wanted to play this whole fucking video, right? But I think they wanted him. He yeah. he thought they were going to play this whole fucking six minute thing, like before, like for the everybody, like they did with his video with a bushi that ripped off the Avengers at Dominion. Like I think he thought they were going to play it like for the live crowd and, and the people at home, like the whole thing. It was just like they played cl- like a clip of it when he came out, and I guess it might have kept going on in the background while he came out, but like, it wasn't like they were playing it for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, guess I mean, it, it, it. it
2: still surprised me that they showed it at all, to be honest. Like,
1: yeah. He but seemed I mean, pretty
2: clear when he said, this will not be on any New Japan properties at all. Like, yeah. I thought the music was...
1: He <laughs> well, it's, so the music is from that Undertale game, Yeah, but Undertale is... Uh, you know, I don't really think it's that popular in Japan. Although we have a person on the chat, buddy. I don't know how to say your name. I'm sorry, but says Karsheeta pop for Undertale. That's all that matters. Um, and so if Karsheeta likes it, I'm gonna have to rethink my opinion here because Karsheeta rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I don't. I never played Undertale. I, I had no idea the song was even from Undertale until. Uh, no, I've never played somebody, it. Either. I'm just aware yeah, of this existence yeah until I was aware of existence too, but I really don't really didn't know anything about it, but anyway, so oh abushi's also on tail mark Emilio Hernandez says so mm. there you go um but yeah, so like this was the Omega reaction was weird, like you're saying the the react- the lack of reaction sometimes was was a little weird i mean this 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 crowd ended up being a little smaller than I think people were predicting um it came in about three thousand more than last year. But last year's crowd to me was way louder than this crowd. I don't know what it was. Maybe just the last year's show was a lot better, you know, that people were more into it. But, like, I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear, like, maybe if Joel's still here, if he can because I, I think he went to both. If he could say, like, how he thought the live crowd was in, in the building. Because on TV, to me, like, the live crowd was just so much louder last year than this year. Yeah, last I agree.
2: Really. Years, really. When Tanahashi won, I don't know if I didn't have my TV turned up loud enough, but I didn't. Hear that much of a pop, but then I asked Joel, like, hey, was this, was there a big pop? And he's like, oh, yeah, that was a massive pop. So I don't know. The the dome is not good for sound, but.
1: Yeah, I I heard a pop when he won, but it wasn't, it probably wasn't as big as I was expecting. Like, I was expecting,
2: like, a massive pop, considering, like, the crowd clearly was pretty much behind Tanahashi. So I was expecting a bigger pop, but if it came across better in the building, that's great. Sometimes, like, sometimes it's hard to gauge a crowd's reaction.
1: Yeah, so Joel, offer, so Joel does agree quieter overall than last year. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Three thousand more people, but they didn't hit like the kind of like forty k plus that some people were predicting. We'll see next year. I mean, we, we haven't gotten into it at all yet, but they're they're gonna run two dome gates <laughs> next year, yeah. which is crazy. But they're gonna run the the Saturday and the Sunday, the fourth and the fifth. So we'll see what kind of matches they have with that. What kind of you know. What, what numbers they're able to draw with two down dates,
3: it's just nuts um, what, what was interesting from what I've seen from what a lot of the people um, live were tweeting out was that they were saying that um, the main event was somewhat close to a 50-50 splitting chance and that's bizarre oh. because on TV it did not sound like that at all I saw, that. I saw those tweets too and that's a me. I heard nothing oh,
1: whoa, from but wait a second, here's what I would, here's what I would say for that a lot of Western fans were, like, seen, sitting together in, like, Western fan sections. So it would not shock me if, like, the Western fan sections were much more pro-Omega than the crowd as a whole, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. what I would. That's what I would assume. But, I mean, Kenny, Kenny had a Japanese fan.
2: Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Like, he's, I mean, he's a proven draw pretty much in Tokyo's, and that's where they held the show but, yeah, I mean, the crowd was absolutely way more Tanahashi from what I heard than – I don't think it was 50-50. But if people there it, – it really depends. I don't really know.
1: The The junior title match, the um, Taiji Shumori and Kushida, um, this was a very interesting finish, just like the J.Y. Okada match. Um, to, you know, this, this felt like – it only went 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Ishimori won – uh relatively cleanly or not relatively cleanly, completely cleanly, just as definitively as you can get here. And it very much felt like a, you know, have fucking fun in NXT XT buddy type of finish. Like a, you know, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out finish. But uh there you go. What do you guys what, what did you think uh of this match? I mean I I don't I think I went like three stars on it. I don't know. Oh. I mean it was just kind of there. I thought
3: oh, man, this I was little... <coughs> I thought this was the most disappointing match of the the whole card. Um it I didn't think it was the worst match of, of the card, but um in terms of matches going in, I was kind of looking at like the last four match stretch to be similar to kind of what we got last year, uh in that it would be great match, great match, great match, great match. And this was just a nothing match it was it was good in that it it really solidified taiji as a as a as you know as a killer basically he, he took the the majority of the match and then just pinned him clean uh, and didn't really sell that much for kushida but uh, in terms of match quality it was you know it was just it was very much just a match and that's not really what we've come to expect from the the uh, junior title matches um in recent years at, at Wrestle Kingdom, but that that's kind of what we got. Um, it it did very much feel like a write off for Kushida. Yeah, what do you what do you think, uh, uh,
1: Jack?
2: I did not like this at all, and if it worked for another match on the show, this would absolutely be my least favorite match of the show. Oh, uh, I don't. I was in the middle of watching this, and I'm wondering, is this going to get good? And then it it didn't get good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then it ended. (laughs) Yeah,
2: then it ended after ten minutes. I was just so surprised because I thought for sure these two dudes would kill it. I mean, maybe I'm just sour on Kushida or any something, but this just did not land at all. And I thought it was incredibly fine. I just
1: it was aggressively okay.
2: Yes, it was aggressively okay. I guess I, I just expected so much more out of this match, and then they just it just didn't deliver. And it was easily the most disappointing match on the show for me. There's no doubt about that.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, like it just basically a yeah, TJ, TJ folk on the chat agrees, you know, basically the, you know, the moment it started picking up to me too. Like I, I was like, maybe like three seconds before the finish, it was like, Oh, maybe it's going to get good now. And they hit the move and I just paid them. <laughs> it's like, okay. So like I said, that felt like a you know, you want to go to NXT, buddy? Put him over. Eleven minutes, one, two, three, no kick outs, just fucking get out of here. So yeah, if
2: there's any doubt that Kushida was probably going, I think I think he's definitely co-inter WWE after that match.
1: Also, can we talk about the entrance? That was Yes, we should talk about the entrance. So so little baby Kushida had (laughs) A like a fucking like a three D printed mask, and like people on Twitter, people on Twitter were horrified. I think it was uh oh god I'm, I I shouldn't take this bit without knowing who I'm crediting. So let me let me think about this for a second. Somebody on Twitter. I'm sorry. If you you probably listen to me anyway, so you can listen to my stupid show. You can tell me later who it was. The who basically said like the moment the baby Kushida showed up, I had like WWE had broken my brain so bad. I thought they were going to bury him on the way out by having Taiji beat up like a, a tiny Kushida. <laughs> and that's exactly where my mind went to. I was like, Oh, he's going to kick yeah. this tiny Kushida's ass to humiliate him and on the real Kushida run out and then lose. But no, it was just set up for Doc Brown to Gucci to come out and, uh, and bring Oh, that. Okay. Ashley, there we go. Ashley Nova just, uh, took credit for it. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> Didn't even think you'd be a, the person would be listening live, but that's, uh, that's very helpful, so yeah, so Ashley, that's uh that's who came up with that one, but yeah, so like it's really it was really, really bizarre, and then he like hit a button and we I guess, I don't know like I don't, I don't remember the part of uh back to the Future where they had like aging in the middle of the year. but I guess you know time, I guess was just the general theme, but yeah, it was uh it was really weird. It was a
2: horrifying mask that was too accurate, and it was weird.
1: It was super fucking weird. Uh, yeah, it's like one of those. It's like how CGI, when when like CGI looks too much like humans, yeah. your like natural reaction as a human is to want to kill it. Like that's I think that was everyone on Twitter's reaction to the fucking Kushida mask. It was like kill it with fire. But, um, but yeah, that, I mean, that is the most memorable thing about the match. Um, it, it's, it's
3: weird that it's fairly likely that that's going to be Kushida's last big match ever in New Japan and <laughs> that's what we're going to remember Kushida for Like, that's just going to be burned into all of our collective minds so I mean go you,
2: when you consider where he's going it might be his last big match ever
1: <laughs> look if people if people really liked watching Kushida wrestle he's signing with the wrong company because you're going to see him like once every six weeks, probably if that, but uh, in like a six minute match, <laughs> probably 205 two or no, five live. no, no, NXT two or oh, five wow. live. You might see him like one two or five live. You might see him once a month. NXT <laughs> You're okay, yeah. gonna see him like once every six weeks. Uh, if he's if he's not on the Largo loop, um, U.S. heavyweight title. <laughs> That's the next match. I swear to God, when I saw this match, was nine minutes and two seconds. I, like, my brain exploded. Like, if you told me, guess how long this match was, I would have guessed, like, 35 minutes. Or maybe, like, or like it was, like, it was... Tw- maybe that's a little exaggerated, but I would have guessed at least, like, I don't know, 16 or something. Because, like, that fucking match just felt like it went on forever. I... Uh, it really, really, really sucked. Fuck oh, this yeah. match. It,
3: it was one of those <laughs> matches, I came out of it thinking this is like a 15-minute match that felt like a 30-minute match, but no, it was a nine-minute match that somehow felt like a 30-minute match. I think it it was made to feel longer by that they went straight to the bullshit. They they had no pretense of, like, any you know actually having a decent match at all they just went straight to the brandy shit with her hitting some of the worst punch like i don't know if you can even call them punches like the spear looked vaguely okay but then like she wasn't she was like a good foot away when she was meant to be doing the ground and pound it was it was impressively bad
2: brandy Rhodes is not a shooter
3: it's the kind of thing, you know. She's definitely not.
1: It's the kind of thing you do not just don't expect to see in New Japan. Like that's how bad it was, and you know, not not that New Japan's perfect or anything, but there's like a certain standard, you know, of like in ring style and like quality, and like this this did not meet it in any fucking universe. Like this was a a bad WWE match. That's what this yeah. was. I mean, this was yeah. we like, were this one like hands away
2: from this. Just it's like being Jinder Mahal.
1: So- yeah. on an episode of raw that's what this was so like um the only highlight really was cody doing like the fastest fake knee injury of all time very yeah. <laughs> that was really funny I just that...
3: screamed of our matches got cut on time so we're gonna do all the same spots but we're just gonna rush straight to them and finish them immediately yeah <laughs> it it was it started like ten seconds into the match and it 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 was the spot was finished fifteen seconds into the match it was a, it was amazing i just i also liked how
1: cody and cody and brandy here came out in the fucking jaguars colors because um you know they i guess they weren't allowed to wear like explicit all lead stuff so they were like are har, the jaguars but like th- I, as far as i know I, I i'm not a big football fan, but the jaguars are fucking terrible. <laughs> Uh, Jaguars like,
2: fan here. Yes. Very bad. Oh I,
1: mean, oh, I mean, knowing that was your team. Wow. What is your I'm, record? Well, five, five and, 11, five and right? 11,
2: I believe. Yes. They're my secondary so, team, but I, I watched uh, the majority of the games.
1: Yeah, they're not good. I saw, I saw someone tweet at five and 11. So it, it is really funny that, like, 20, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, you'll be able to look back at Wrestle Kingdom 13 and be like, yeah, so remember the time that Cody Rose and his wife were wearing. <laughs> like the uniform colors of a team that was like five eleven <laughs> in fucking American football because they had to reference their new fucking company somehow. It's the only way New Japan will let them do it. That's that's the kind of thing that's gonna be funny in like ten years. So it's already fu- it's already funny. But this was just yeah, so I, bad. I don't, it didn't the match itself did not make me laugh. The match itself made me like wanna scream, but just felt like it was just taking forever. But what are you gonna do? I guess juice, it was such a waste of juice because I just, I, oh, yeah. I, like, I tweeted it. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw, I saw this guy have multiple four star matches in the G1 last year. Like I saw, he had one of my favorite matches of the year. Like that was super underrated with, uh, with Naito in the G1. And it's like, what he, he's just doing this fucking WWE horse shit. He does not need to be doing. But anyway. He just had a very good
2: angry look on his face at the end of this match that really summed up I'm sure a lot of people's thoughts.
0: This This much (laughs)
3: over-delivered... Sorry.
1: It over-delivered what? Like comedy? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
2: Did Rob's mic die now?
3: I
1: don't know. Who knows? Maybe.
3: Who knows? Can you hear
1: me? (laughs) Yes, now we can
3: hear you. Okay, we're good. Um... Live radio, yeah. This match de- uh, under delivered to the same degree that Cody's match last year over delivered. So overall, we balanced out to what we kind of expected to get. But uh, it, this year was just us paying for the surprisingly great match with Ibushi last year.
1: Yeah, I totally, I mean, that's a great point, too. Like People were pointing that on Twitter and I totally forgot. Like, I gave that match a four and a quarter last year. This match, I gave a quarter star. So it's a little bit of a drop off there for Mr. Cody Rhodes, uh, but yeah, this fucking sucked. I don't know what else we can say about it. Um, tag title match, the heavyweight tag titles. Um, this and this is like again aggressively fine. Just a ten minute tag team title match. I mean, the stuff with the Young Bucks and Evil and Sonata was pretty okay. G O D would come in and just kind of do nothing, and you know Evil and Sonata won, which is cool. I don't really have a lot to say about this. I don't know if you either of you do, but. Nope. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs>
2: the Young Bucks it did some right. flips.
1: Jada was a ghost.
2: Oh, yeah, a yeah soul that's soul. what I want to talk about. What the
1: fuck? <laughs> Jada was a ghost.
2: Oh, um, Matt Jackson sold his back some more. He's really got to get that checked out.
1: Got, it's been a fucking year and we're still doing this <laughs> Matt Jackson back. Literally back. a year. <laughs> Like I get it, back injuries with you for your whole life, but th- isn't this a work? Like, can't you just stop sewing your fucking back? I don't. Know.
2: He's really got to get it checked out. It's really all. Like I a-,
1: say. a it's gonna be like AEW is gonna be like ten years going on for ten years, and Matt Jackson will still be sewing his <laughs> fucking back. But sure. Um, the I don't know, Rob. Do you have anything want to say about this match?
3: Um, God came out dressed as Bionicles, so that was cool.
1: But I, I kinda, don't. I didn't. I had no clue what that was. but uh,
2: I thought he was Iron Man. That's all I know.
1: Apparently, Joel Abraham says evils canceled for cultural appropriation. I have no idea what he's even talking about. What was he called? Dreadlocks. I don't know. I don't. Know, yeah. J- J- Jolly got to explain that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember. I'm so, I'm so fucking tired. All right. The, the uh, British title match. This would be the other match that delivered about, like pretty much the only thing on the undercard, before the main events that delivered to the level I expected. You know, only they only went eleven and a half minutes, but I still went four and a quarter on it. I just thought it was a, uh, you know, besides some awkwardness on a reversal spot towards the end, you know, I just thought it was another really great Zach and Ichi match. Nothing you haven't seen before if you haven't if you saw their matches in the past, but still another really good one. Um, you know, I mean that that that's exactly the kind of Especially if they're sitting through, like you know, stuff that I'm not really as into, it was just great to have a match that was just very straightforward and very, um, you know, very pure resu. Even though obviously Zach did his, you know, wacky submissions. A lot of the match was like striking. A lot of the match was, uh, you know, Ishii fighting through the pain to hit his lariats and stuff and throwing suplexes, cytosuplexes. So very much like the kind of like Japanese wrestling match I want to see um you know obviously then with zach's flavor mixed in but yeah i thought this was really good what do you think rob
3: well as um he is now my designated champion being the the new champion of all the british um i i was i was very very pleased with this match i thought it was i thought they had some really nice touches in that they brought andy quilden over to present the title afterwards they had uh chris roberts there as the ref it it felt if this, this is in the spot of, like, the Ring of Honor title match from, from previous years, and I thought it blew away all of them. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: if people don't like Sabre or whatever, like, I, I promise you, if you weren't around for the years of fucking Jay Lethal or Adam Cole and Kyle Riley having a 10-minute match, no one in the entire Tokyo Dome could possibly care about. This is a massive improvement.
3: And, um... Better than that, they they did. A, I thought they did a really good job of having like a, a familiarity based match that would have been very easy for them not to have, simply because you know it, it was kind of a showcase type deal, and it would have because these are two New Japan guys, it would have been very easy for them to just go out and have like the base match that they would have together instead of the familiarity based match because the matches that they previously had together were, for the most part, in RevPro. I think they did have a G1 match as well. Um, but they, they had a lot of counters um, here. They, they really worked as if it was the conclusion to their story rather than just a match between them. Um, and, you know, as, a, as someone who follows RevPro, I thought uh, this was an excellent job of kind of showcasing what they have to offer.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely felt like, you know, I, I was wondering that if it felt like a repro type match, because it did feel like a distinct thing, at least from, you know, like the Ring of Honor stuff. Did, Ring of Honor's title matches did not feel like distinct parts, like this part of Ring of Honor on the New Japan show. It just felt like two white guys no one cared about having a stupid match. I mean, so, isn't that Ring of Honor, though? <laughs> that basically is Ring of Honor, I guess. Uh, Jack, what'd you think?
2: Oh, I I really like this match. I saw uh, a couple people on Twitter saying it was similar to the matches they had at, I believe, it was WrestleCon Super Show or one of the Rev Pro shows in uh, WrestleMania weekend and another match they had in the summer. I didn't see those, so this is the first time I've seen these two guys wrestle, I believe. And I was a really big fan of it. I'm a big fan of both the guys. I thought the way that Saber worked Ishii's arms and the ending submission were... I don't even know what he did, like bent both of his arms back. Like, that was just disgusting, but it ruled. Really, it was just a great 11-minute undercard match. Get in, get out, and just they did what they needed to do.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Um, Junior tag title match, again, aggressively fine. Only got seven minutes. I think if it got, like, another five, even, it probably would have – you know, really maybe had a chance to do a lot, you know, blow the house down a little more, but felt very rushed. It was totally fine. Bushin Shingo won, which I'm happy about. Not really a lot else to say about it. Anything you guys want to add?
3: Yeah, this was just a Shingo showcase, basically. And, you know, to be fair, it works in that he was very over in the dome. He was, through most of the undercard, he was probably the guy who was most over. Um, but It was a bit weird in that the length of um, the Suzuki Gun team's title reign ended with such kind of a a nothing match. That was a bit odd, but, um, you know, it's the junior tag titles. The Booker doesn't really care about them that much, so neither should we, I guess.
2: Yeah, I don't have much to say either. Shingo Shingo rocks, and I'm I'm glad he's got the shine in this match, and yeah,
1: hopefully Shingo, he'll be in
2: much higher spots in the future.
1: Shingo is fucking awesome here, and I think the, the real Goku being the home for Best of Super Junior this year, which is incredible, and we can get into that a little bit when we talk about the announcements, but like I think that he will very could very easily end up main eventing in the Best of Super Junior final there. would not surprise me at all, yeah. and I think that would go a long way towards helping that show do well. Um... But yeah, I mean he was he was awesome here. That he really got a chance to shine. It was really cool just seeing uh you know just seeing him in that spot. But yeah, so that that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh Ketalos, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Shingo versus Hiromu in Super Hall is exactly what I was thinking, actually, if was able to come back in time. Um but yeah, you know, the I thought this was a pretty good match. You know, I'm happy to see Shingo and Bushi get the belts. Big big moment for Bushi who's wanted these junior tag belts for like five years or something. Like he's just one of those things forever. Um, you know, he, he after years after he called him a guy a guy's Gai, piss break, you know, here he is in an all all native roster member uh three-way for the belts. So he ends up winning them. Uh the opener. The never open weight title will Ospreay, defeating Kota Abushi in eighteen thirteen. Um, this one we might probably will be the most divisive. Um, I was just very, very disappointed by it. I just didn't really get into it at all. Um, you know, the first half just was very much like what I thought was going to be the worst case scenario for this, which just felt like a gymnastics meet and just didn't click with me at all. Um, you know, once you got past that point, it did get, it did get a lot better, but I just didn't, I was not into it until... You know the second half of the match. Really, Um the second half saved it enough to get me to, like three and a half. But yeah, I mean, very disappointing. You know, after all the big hype, I just didn't think it came close. What do you think, uh, Jack? I guess
2: this, yeah, like like you said, this is really a match of two different things. Like they did the gymnastics flippy stuff, which I liked. I thought it was pretty fun. And then about halfway through, they just decided that they would bloody the crap out of each other and try to drop each other on each other's heads as much as they could. And that part of the match was certainly more enjoyable for me than the first half. Uh I think I ended up around four and a quarter on this one. I thought it was a pretty good match. Um they did well with the spot and time they were given, I think. It felt hey, like now, the...
1: Wait a second. Now to me a pretty good match is three and a half. Not four and
2: ah, a half. I mean ratings are <laughs> Dynamic, they change.
1: Okay, I but long uh, long what
2: long. was I saying? Um, it felt like the first match of a trilogy to me. They're definitely going to go back to this in the future. Um, also, Kotoobushi, he's probably not hurt. That's yeah, I do,
1: wanna, I do want to say I, mean, I was saving that after I got your opinions. But yeah, Kota, I I don't think that I don't think that injury was legit. There's a couple reasons why I don't think so. First of all. He went up so easy for the uh, for the, the Storm Rider, whatever that thing is called, which is not an easy move to go up for, really. And second of all, the actual doctor was not out there. Apparently, it was like the trainer, but not the doctor. Which you know, people were saying if he was really legitimately like seriously hurt, the real doctor would have been out there. And third of all, if he, if he was seriously hurt, they rolled him like nothing onto that stretcher. So if he was seriously hurt, they need better medical care. But um, I think it was an angle to get him, you know, not out there for the main event. That's yeah. what that's what I think. But you know, because they didn't want him in Kenny's corner, and they just, I guess, they thought it would, uh, you know, mull- like muddle up the the whole thing of Kenny as being the heel or something. But that's what that's my thing with that. I think it was probably an angle. I mean, maybe it'll come out that it wasn't. But yeah, what do you think about this,
3: Rob? Yeah, you can. You go back and like look at the the GIF from one of the many GIF accounts from like the the decapitator elbow, which you know is is what they were trying to sell as the the thing that injures Abushi. You can watch that, and that doesn't even make contact, or if it does, it flicks one of his hairs. So you know that's that that's not causing it. The, his. Abushi's nose did kind of get busted up early. I think it was yeah, kind of a yeah. bit of a dodgy shove um, into the was like, a bad... turnbuckle. Post. Yeah,
1: Will shoved him way too hard. Basically, like he was supposed to shove him, you know, kind of hard, and he just like really like pushed into it, and his nose ended up like colliding
3: with the with the term. But I don't think he wouldn't put him on a stretcher for that. Though. Was no, just a broken no. nose, and he was like. Doing several moves after that, it, was, yeah. it, it it looked very clearly like an like an angle to me. But um, I'm sure that will all come out anyway. But um, yeah, I, I I've I've said this before for other matches already in this call, but um, I think I'm kind of in the middle of the two of you on the match. <laughs> I thought the the opening like it. I think what they kind of tried to do was show like a progression in that the first half would be like the stereotypical Flippy Junior match and then show Osprey's progression by then having a far more of a heavyweight style in the second half. But I'm not sure it really completely landed simply because the flippy junior section just wasn't that good because it had like the the athleticism was very impressive, but there was just no flow to it at all. It was kind of like you said, very much trading moves. Uh, I'll do this impressive flippy thing now. now it's your turn, et cetera, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But then when they did reach the point where they kind of turned into heavyweight mode and just started battering each other, I thought that was so excellent. I couldn't come away from this match going any lower than four stars and that's kind of where I ended up. Um, I just thought the, the the second half of this match was excellent and if if this does end up being like the first part of a rivalry, and they can replicate the second half of this match for a full match, then we're in for something really special.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they probably do have a much better match in them. So I don't think, I think part of it was like just holding back and, you know, we're in the opener and that kind of thing. But I think people were expecting a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, this was, this to me was the first big disappointment. And then the other big disappointment the undercarriage was nothing, nothing un, like this under-delivered and then nothing over-delivered. So, like, that's a bad combination. But again, the three main events by the end did pretty much save the show from being a, any kind of disaster. Um, the never Openweight gauntlet—that was just a fucking thing. I—I I, I don't even know what we'd even say about that, other than Taguchi, Mikawa Nano One. I didn't think it was any kind of replacement for the Rambo. I miss the Rambo. That's about all oh, I have to say. I bet you was very he,
2: sad that he didn't get flown I, over.
1: I miss—I miss Scott Flash Norton.
2: I miss Masahito Kakihara. <laughs>
1: it's just name. This is
3: name <laughs> Rambo Participants. Um, I don't know, Robbie. Finley, you know Finley got two pins, so that's perhaps something to look out for, but probably not. The only other thing was that I actually found quite amusing was that uh, I think Chase Owens and the elite guys kind of shot an angle, but it was it felt like they were kind of doing it. Uh, for themselves, and basically, the New Japan cameras just didn't show it. They just cut straight to the the best friends making their entrance. They were like, no, you (laughs) don't get to cut an angle on our show without our permission. That's not happening. Um, So you just had Kevin Kelly, like, talking about the angle that was playing out and you not seeing it at all. That that was quite amusing.
1: Um, I mean, I guess they're trying to show that, like, the Elite is splitting up or something, but I don't know. Like you're saying, maybe it's just something they did, but like Chase and Yu need to do something. I guess they might just go back to the bullet club. But they know, don't the really feel like idea. they
3: fit there, but they don't fit anywhere else either. So yeah. it's yeah, it's weird.
1: Um but yeah, so that was the Wrestle Kingdom. Pretty good show. You know, definitely saved by the main events. The big news came during the pre show of like all these crazy announcements. Um you know, we, we we mentioned one of them already next year, Wrestle Kingdom tw- 2020, Wrestle Kingdom 14, will be two nights in the Tokyo Dome, not just one night. So Saturday and Sunday, January 4th and 5th. it be really interesting to see what they come up with for cards there. Like, will people wrestle? I mean, I'm sure people wrestle on both shows, but, like, you know, you'd think you can't have a heavyweight title match on both nights. So, I mean, I guess you could be like, well, he's coming back to face the winner of this or something, but it'd just be really weird. So I don't know. It's going to be really, really interesting. Um, you know, so that's the big, big news. The, uh, some of the other big news that came out, there's not going to be Sakura Genesis this year. It's not on the calendar. So the only big spring show is MSG. Uh, people, you know, were wondering how they were going to do Sakura Genesis and MSG. And, you know, it, it, the answer turns out to be they're not. They're just going to do MSG. So presumably whoever wins the New Japan Cup will get their title shot at MSG. Um, you, you would have no idea that's a co-ROH show, by the way, from that video, which is like, New Japan, MSG, which I thought was really funny. G1 Supercard, that's our thing. Um, the next big thing, making up for the lack of Ryugoku Goku for, um, Sakura Genesis, they're running Ryogoku Goku for the best of the Super Junior final in June. That, to me, is like, it almost got overshadowed by the other stuff, um, And I'm a little bit biased because I'm going to Japan in June, so I can go to this. But that was, like, my favorite announcement. It's like, I I should have looked this up. I don't think they've done Best of Super Junior and Ryukoku in, like, 20 years or something. I know they've done it. I'm pretty sure. I'm, like, almost certainly have. But it's been, like, a long, long time. Um, So, like, we're talking, like, I think the 90s boom probably is the last time they did it. Um, but yeah, so that's awesome that they're going to run, but we're going go the best junior final. That'll be on June 5th. Uh, so four days before Dominion on June 9th. And then the other big news, you know, for Americans, the biggest news probably is that the, they said the first night of the G1 will be in Dallas, the American Airlines center. So they, I believe they explicitly said the first night of the G1, right? Not, uh, not the, a G1 special uh, show.
2: Like the G1 opener.
1: Yeah, Which so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get there. I'm gonna get in trouble probably, but I'm gonna try to, do it. To try to
2: get there. Uh, yeah. Just for context' sake,s that is a full size basketball arena. Uh, it's 20,000 seats is the capacity, so certainly bigger than anything they've tried to run in the past.
0: Um, so you know,
1: you know what that makes me think. What? That's gonna be that's gonna be both blocks. I bet.
0: Oh, definitely. That's going to be
1: like like night one will be A and B instead of make so so like to try to draw that twenty thousand seat. So you'll that I mean that'll be great because first of all you'll have the the stacked G one night again. You know, not like this past year where the night the A block night one ended up being like a pretty big dud. So the real night one ended up being like a dud, whereas like the B block night one was awesome, but you had to wait for night two to get that awesome night one. This time the blocks are really unbalanced again. You know, you'll still be guaranteed a great night one, even if it's the B block that has all the good, you know, all the good like the the high end talent. Yeah, I think Um, it's really
2: cool. I just want to touch one more thing. The they're they're running in Dallas, the Mavericks arena. And the owner of the Mavericks is Mark Cuban, who also owns the access network that New Japan airs their US T V on. So there's a connection there that I suspect we're probably gonna hear a little bit more about coming soon (laughs) because like it's just Like no offense to Dallas, but they've only run like LA and now they're going to the East coast, but now they're going to run a 20,000 seat basketball arena in the stadium that's owned by a guy who owns the TV company there on the U S there's something there that I suspect is going to be interesting coming soon.
1: Yeah. That's very, that's very true. That's probably, it's probably more there. Um, then, you know, the, the G1 is going to end at Budokan again. So the last three nights will be... The big question was, will they go back to Sumo Hall? with the renovations done? Will they stay at Budokan? They are going to stay at Budokan for the last three nights. Um, and then, I guess you can talk about this, Robin. They're going to run London in August, at the end of August, for a big show for the first time. Um, I believe it's like a 6,000 seat venue. Is that right?
3: Um, I think it's set up for more like 7,500. But uh, yeah, that kind of it's uh, it's an arena that was built for the 2012 Olympics when they were over here. So um, it's 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 a good one. Um, And if they can pack that after, it'll be very impressive because they did run. Well, they ran shows under the New Japan banner, but they were basically Rev Pro shows, even though they were sold as New Japan Strong Style Evolved UK um, last year. And they managed to draw, I think, about. 2500 twice which you know at the time was impressive but it's obviously a big a big step up to to go straight up to the uh um a building that can handle around 7500 um but uh, it's it's in london this time which is obviously a, a bigger city than where they were running last year so it'll be very interesting to see how they do that um hopefully they do well because i would love to see this become uh, an annual thing and you know given it's a a a sizable um building because we're now getting to the point where in the uk and in the us they're running venues that are as big as a lot of the bigger venues they're running in japan as a result of that i imagine we're going to be getting cards that are comparable to the cards that you're getting in the the bigger venues in in japan and um that sounds awesome to me i would assume london is going to be like a g1 special type card you'd think
1: if they want to sell it out or come close so or maybe like maybe you could say like a little like one of the better destruction cards maybe if you want to look at like post g1 um, yeah
3: that sounds ob- that sounds about right
1: obviously dallas card if they do what i think they're going to do and just do the g1 kickoff with both blocks and you're like guaranteeing like 10 great singles matches and people will be very into that um but we'll see i mean even if they do one block i'm sure it'll still be like loaded.
2: Yeah, they're gonna have um, to put a, a star-studded match to sell anywhere close to twenty thousand tickets.
1: Right, and like they usually do in the first night of the G1 is a thing. I, I, I actually oh, think. Yeah. I mean, from, from looking at my Twitter feed, I think the first G1 show in the US will be a draw anyway. So I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I, I'm really tired of predicting this stuff because like I did not think, for instance, All In was going to sell out like thirty minutes with nothing announced. <laughs> So who the fuck knows? Maybe just the, the and MSG, same thing, like sold out in you know, two hours or nothing announced. Maybe people are just going to be like, ah, oh, the first G1 show, I have to go to that. So I don't know. Maybe it'll just sell out immediately without anything announced. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was all. I think that was all the big announcements, right? Am I missing anything? I think, think I got them all. So I mean, they didn't oh, really yeah, announce they're,
2: anything. Yeah. They're running sorry, two Dome ahead. shows. I feel like we kind of well, glossed right, over that. Did, we, no, we nuts. talked
1: about it. Well, I know we talked yeah, about they, it, but still, that is insane. They, they skipped right from uh, London in, in August to T- Dome 2020, which people were making. I, I found it really funny. If you look at Twitter, people were making fun of that at first. People were like, "Oh, they really you are running the dome again," not noticing that like it was two nights. And then it's like, no, that was a pretty big announcement. Actually, it wasn't a. It wasn't just a whatever. But, yeah, it's just yeah. The same.
3: Well, I think that was um, because kind of when the when the announcement started, it was like, oh, we're we're running the Dome January 4th. And then it kind of like dot dot I, dot and fifth is like, oh, OK, that's really big instead of just being like, oh, of course. Yeah, uh, quite quite the difference there. A little little bit, a little bit.
1: But uh, yeah, they didn't announce anything for the fall, which is interesting, it's like if there's going to be another U.S. date or something, um, nothing for like Long Beach again. I wonder if the, the Long Beach uh, stop is going to like come out now and just be like the, you know, the the smaller America shows. like they did not mention those new beginning of the U.S. shows at all because I guess they're just not considered big shows. You know, they're going to be like these these shows with the uh, with the Shibata dudes from the LA dojo. So maybe now LA slash Long Beach will just be a stop next year on that tour if they keep doing them. Oh, they did announce another date. This wasn't in the video, but Kevin Kelly said they they're going to come to Nashville after all which remember yeah. they originally had it on the books and then it was off the books. And now it's back on the books for that Saturday, February 2nd. So
2: that was recorded um, originally by Joe Lanzo. This very, yes,
1: yeah. very, very true. Give Joe a shout out. Um, but yeah, not that he listens to this show. Anyway, so you wouldn't know. Either <laughs> Good way. point. Good point. But, all right. So I guess we can wrap it up. I'm going to go collapse and go to sleep. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Had a lot of fun here. Uh, talking Wrestle Kingdom. It looks like we had a we had a good little audience here and you know interacted throughout and I appreciate you guys, you know coming on and listening. If you did listen live, maybe we'll do a few more of these. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to watch New Japan live. Like I did, I did take a day off for this and you know I can't really do that that often. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, why don't you plug plug away, Robin? What do you plug the Brit Res Roundtable?
3: Uh yeah, it's it's on this network. You'll be able to find it. I'm very tired. Um if you want to follow me on Twitter. B B R I T W R E S R O U N D. That's both my personal wrestling account and also the the account I'll be tweeting any updates for the podcast on. Um it's you know, it's a similar type of deal to this apart from Brit Rest only. And you don't really cover Brit Rest. So you know, we we don't get in each other's way there, which which works yeah. nicely.
1: I get I get in the way of every other podcast on the network, but not really yours. So we have a synergy. Uh, <laughs> Jack, I guess plug your Twitter if you want.
2: I don't have a podcast. Um I wrote an essay in the year and review ebook that Voices of Wrestling put together for New Japan. Uh, so I guess you can check that out. I am I don't know the link. Go look for it. It's fine. I know you did a lot of work on that, John. Um, my Twitter is at Packerman120. Don't follow me. You don't need to. It's okay. I don't tweet much. Other than that, I don't really got much more to say. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Wow, the view, I, Just watching the viewers drop on your the moment we got the plugs and stuff. It's like, oh, no one's do, talking about shit hitting anymore. But it's like immediately like twenty people dropped. It's really funny. Yeah. But all right, guys, thank you again for listening. Um, oh, so thank you if you for the kind words in the chat. Um, and if you're listening to this on the podcast forum, which is going to be the vast majority, of you actually once I put it up um next week's wrestling omakase will be our awards episode which is always a really exciting one that i'm always having a good time with i have to compile all those results but they're i'm, I'm almost done with that so certainly before the episode and i have to figure out who's going to come on it's gonna be a lot of people probably so check out our twitter feed at wrestle omakase not wrestling omakase does not fit and we're going to go over basically all the major categories all the minor categories, everything you can think of, you know, everybody will give their individual picks. Then we'll give the results it was a, a large amount of people voting this year. A lot, a lot of the guests, uh, from a full year of the, of the show. So I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but that'll be next week. Tune in for that until then I'm going to bed. See you next time.
0: Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old,